Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Today, we are talking about summertime. And I know for many of us, in the Northern Hemisphere at least, we are in the midst of summertime already. Some people have been on summer break for a few weeks already, and some are just getting started with their summer break. And others I know school year-round in either in traditional school or at home school, and they just take breaks periodically. So however you educate your kids, welcome to summertime, and I hope that you're enjoying it so far. Summertime is definitely a time for fun and creativity and imagination and, and just downtime to be bored. I have a lot of friends with kids that are in school and a lot of friends with kids at homeschool. And I know for both sets, summertime is just a time to kind of relax and hang out and do things a little bit differently. Sometimes that's pretty lax and sometimes there are more formal things in place to take up the time. But either way, it's really a time for kids to be able to just lay back, have a little bit of fun and do things kind of outside their normal schedule or outside their normal structure. Kids are usually looking for a break from formal studies and just want a chance to be lazy in many cases, and that's not a bad thing. Parents often feel a need to fill their kids' time with activities and camps and new experiences, which can be wonderful and fun, but they can also be tiring and overwhelming sometimes, especially when they've just spent the last nine months with their time filled from morning till night with school or lessons or sports or dance. So be cautious about filling their schedule too much. Regardless if the kids are in school or homeschooled, I think summer is a great opportunity to let kids explore their interests in a low-key way and just follow their lead and see where it goes. Offer them some ideas if they need them, but, just re- but really let them decide what they want to pursue and really let them be bored if necessary. Boredom is the beginning of imagination. It's the beginning of curiosity. And really, we, we rarely let kids be bored anymore. We always think we need to fill their time and their, their day with activities, and we really don't need to do that. I know people get tired of hearing of the, quote, old days, but I think many of us remember when we were kids, our days were not filled from morning till night with camps and lessons and structure. We were told to go outside and come back when the streetlights came on or for meals. And that was about it. We just had to figure things out with not a whole lot of resources. We hung out with our friends. We walked around the neighborhoods and the community. We went to parks. We hung out. Who knows what we did, but we filled our days without our parents having to fill them for us. Parents definitely dread the draw of the screens, at least that's what I call it, but they can also be a really good brain builder too. I know in the past, when you think about it, parents did not make us stop reading when we were younger. We would, some of us would read all day and all night under the blankets with a flashlight. We read everything we could get our hands on. And it was pretty rare that our parents would say, stop reading, you're reading too much. But I heard Peter Gray compare video games to books. He said that 
video games are interactive books. You need to pay attention to the storyline. You need to know who the characters are. You need to know what the conflict is. You need to know who's the good guys and the bad guys. And you need to usually solve problems. And he's very right. That is definitely something to think about with video games. Now, I know there are tons of different games out there, and some may have more redeeming qualities than others, but it's just something to think about when you're trying to limit or think of limiting time on video games or on screens with your kids. Really look at what they're doing. What games are they playing? What benefits do they have? I know some people have no limits on screens, and other people have very, very strict limits on screens, and which I'm not here to say either one is right or wrong. Each family has their own decisions to make with that. But I'm just saying, don't just limit screens just for the sake of limiting them. Really look at what kids are doing on them and what they might be learning, good or bad. And really think about that when you're doing limits. And talk with your kids, depending on their ages, even very young, they can really help set some of those limits and have some input on that as well. And speaking of books, of course, libraries are an invaluable resource year-round, but especially in the summertime. A regular trip to the library with instructions to choose any books they want can lead to a wonderful variety of books and interests. And don't forget that audiobooks are really great resource as well, especially if you're going to be traveling. These are great to listen to in the car. They, some libraries even have games or science kits or Legos or other kinds of kits that you can check out from the library. And these are really great resources as well. And if kids do spend time on the screens, and that's okay, don't forget about ebooks. There are a lot of ebooks that can be checked out from your e-library for free and are another great resource to consider. And even non-readers or those that struggle with reading, they can really like audiobooks because it's something, it gives them access to something that they may not want to ask for. If they're uncomfortable with people reading to them or they think they're too old to be read to, have them get some audiobooks and they can listen to these stories that they really want to listen to, but they can listen to them on their own terms. And same for there are some really great apps out there that have audiobooks, but with the actual book so that they can um, interact with the pictures and the pages. They usually have books that, you know, you're reading along with them and you're able to turn the pages and still see the pictures right along with them. I know my daughter loves those kinds of apps. And there are so many great ones out there that are free as well as some that are very, very inexpensive. I know it can be overwhelming to look at all of these options and wonder what what might be of interest to them, but let your kids lead you. Don't lead them. Just if they need help finding a certain topic, like they're interested in dinosaurs, great. Go help them find the dinosaur books, but let them pick them out. They're interested in trains, let them pick out any books they want on trains, regardless if that's their, at their age level or maybe even adult book. Maybe they want a book on the history of trains, and you might think, well, that's too old for them. It doesn't matter. They're still gaining information from it. Even if they can't read all the text, they're still looking at the pictures, then the headings, and they're still gaining great information from those books. Sometimes kids might say, I don't know. I don't know what I'm interested in. 
okay, fine. So throw out a few ideas if they need it. Try to kind of push them maybe towards a section you think they might be interested in. I'm sure if I asked my 13-year-old, what do you want to read about? He would shrug his shoulders and say, I don't know, because that's fairly typical. But if I planted him in the space section of the library, I am pretty sure that he is going to pull out some various books on space because that is something that I know he's of interest in. Uh, That is something that he is interested in. So again, you can kind of push them a little bit, but then leave them and say, I'll be back in 15 minutes. I hope you pick out at least three books or whatever number you pick. One of the fun things I think in the summertime are things like science kits and craft kits and those kinds of things. Now, certainly you don't want summer to break the bank with all the activities that you might be interested in buying. But I do think that there are some really unique things that are out there that are really fun for the summertime. I know for science kits, there are so many out there available on Amazon and different places. And I just want to highlight just a couple of my favorite ones that are a little bit unique just because we've had we've used them ourselves and have had good luck with them and I will put links to all of these in in the show notes but one of the things we've had good luck with are something called snap circuits they're an electronic science kit and they you can reuse them it's not just a one one model and that's it you can reconfigure them and do multiple different Uh, use them multiple different ways. And there are different sizes of kits as well. You know, smaller sets with maybe, you know, 50 pieces versus larger sets with like 200 pieces. So they come in various sizes. But Snap Circuits has been one of those things that has been really fun for my kids and they've really enjoyed them. Another thing that it seems like we do every summer is a volcano science kit. Now, this isn't even anything you need to buy. You can totally make one on your own, which we've done that as well. Really, you need some uh, paper mache and some paint and glue and something in the middle to put in your vinegar and uh, baking soda, a little bit of food coloring, and voila, simplified volcano. But of course, if not everybody wants to do all that work, I know it took us a lot of time to actually do that on our own. But there are easy made kits out there also that you can buy very inexpensive, like less than $10 on Amazon as well. And it seems like we always do a volcano every summer for whatever reason, sometimes small, sometimes bigger, but they're really, really fun. And we match a few books with these or maybe watch some videos. And again, it's just very interesting and something that is a a fun hands-on experiment that really any age kids can do. Another thing we've really enjoyed too are the National Geographic dig kits. These are, it's just a little box set. They're usually all in the $15 to $20 range. And they have gemstone ones, they have fossil ones, shark teeth, those kinds of things. And basically you get this, basically a brick and you get little tools and you excavate the Uh, the brick to get down to the little things you're looking for, whether it's fossils or, like I said, gemstones or shark teeth. And my kids have really enjoyed these and they make for a great afternoon. And then again, we pair that with maybe looking at some videos on YouTube or some movies on Amazon or Netflix and maybe a book or two. And they've gained some knowledge about whatever, whichever item that they were digging for. 
Another thing that we used recently at an event we went to, which reminded me that how fun these are, are sunprint paper. And sunprint paper is something that is really cheap and easy. And you basically, you get this paper, you put different uh, shapes on it. Like if it was for nature, you could put leaves or sticks or seeds, things like that. Or you could put other shapes on there as well, like a spoon or something. And you put it out in the sun and you wait a short time, you bring it back in, you take the items off, and those items have been outlined from the sun. It's just a fun, easy thing to do. And the kids have always liked that as well. So those are kind of some science experiment kinds of things that we have had good luck with, as well as for the younger kids, Clifford the Big Red Dog Young Science Kits there is a bunch of them. I know there's some on rainbows and bubbles and a volcano kit for that as well. And they're, they're just a fun little easy science kit for younger kids that we've really enjoyed too. We enjoyed the bubble one. Some other science tools that you might not be aware of or might not necessarily think of beyond the basic things like bug catchers would be binoculars. Binoculars are awesome for when you're going on trips in the summertime, when you're going to the parks or the beaches, the lake, binoculars are a really great tool for kids. They love using these. And you can get some pretty decent ones for not a lot of money. $20, $25, you can get some decent binoculars. Another uh, thing related to this, and I'm going to put a link to, the, to this in the show notes um, because it might be hard to find, but there's it's called Carson Microbrite Plus LED pocket microscope. This is just a really little microscope that would fit in your pocket. It's like, I don't know, maybe three inches by two inches or something. It's small and it's very inexpensive, like $11.99. Oh my gosh, we have used this so much. We take it all the time. We take it to the beach, to the park, wherever. This little microscope is awesome. And it's so it's handy to use because it's small. And I think it might take like two AAA batteries or something like that. And it has a, it's, it's lighted and it has been fabulous for looking at all kinds of little bugs and things from the water. And it's, it's fabulous. I highly recommend that. So $12 well spent. Other things would just be cheap things from the dollar store. Go to the dollar store and find tweezers or tongs or cheap, uh, inexpensive tools, um, butterfly nets, all those kinds of things. Those are all super valuable, won't break the bank. And you can use those obviously year round, but it seems like especially in the summertime. Lastly, I want to uh, talk about a couple unique art supplies. Obviously, everybody thinks of, you know, markers and crayons and paper and things like that. But a couple fun things that we've used that are a little little bit different are the scratch art paper. I know Melissa and Doug has different sets of this, but the scratch art paper is that black paper that you use the little stylus or the little stick and you scratch at it and underneath is um, either rainbow or colored paper underneath the black and you make designs. My kids love this stuff. Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how much we've gone through. But again, that's just just a fun little activity for kids to do. And I actually like buying the smaller size paper. Like they have a little um, little square pile of it, like almost like um, post-it size almost, a little bit bigger than that. And it's great for the kids to just 
grab one, they kind of doodle on it, and then they go to the next one. It's a great little handy arts art thing to have on hand. Something else that I've, we've recently discovered are watercolor crayons. Oh my gosh, where has this been all my life? Watercolor crayons, you, you still color a picture just like you normally would, but then you get the paintbrush and then you paint over the picture and it turns it into this watercolor masterpiece. And it's amazing. I love it. If you, you probably already have heard of this, but I, I had not seen it in action before and I was very impressed. So I added that to my list. The last thing I wanted to talk about was wiki sticks. These are like pipe cleaners, but they're waxy. And we've used these for a long time, but they're just a fun, fun thing to use. I found that you can buy like smaller sets of them and we take them in the car and they're fun for road trips. But again, they're called wiki sticks and they're just a fun little crafty thing that we like to use. Now, I kind of want to wrap this up with talking about how to implement some of these things. Let's say you're all gung-ho and you go and you want to buy some of these things, which by the way, you certainly don't need to buy anything, but these were just some ideas if you're looking for ideas. But sometimes I know parents get really excited. They're like, okay, I want to, you know, get all these things on hand. And they, they buy these science experiments. They're like, okay, kids, today we're going to do science. And they they proceed, you know, outline what they're going to do. And the kids look at you and they groan. And they're like, mom, it's summertime. We don't want to do that. And I don't really recommend that because the kids don't really want to do, quote, lessons in the summertime like they're used to doing in school. So I have found the best way to do some of these kits are the strewing method. And I've read about this elsewhere. I don't really know where that term came up from. But the strewing method can be really successful. Basically, you choose a few of these resources or kits or books or whatever you have. Don't take all of them, just a couple, maybe two or three or four. And you're just going to gather them up and you're going to leave them strategically around the house. You're going to maybe put some on the end table or a coffee table, maybe even put some books in the bathroom, put them, throw them on their bed, put them on a couch, in the car. Just you're going to leave things around where you know the kids are going to see them. Maybe if it's some of the art supplies, you're going to get a cool little basket maybe, and you're just going to leave them on the table or the counter. And then you're just going to let them be there for the kids to discover on their own when they're ready and when they're interested. Now, I have done this for many, many years. And I will tell you, there are some things that go over like gangbusters and the kids are all excited and they dive right in. There are some other things that I've left out that they're, they don't even glance at or they glance at it and they go, mm, I don't think so. And that's okay because they're not going to be interested in everything that you choose. So you put that away if they're not interested and you maybe try again in two weeks. Maybe pull it out when you know that their friend is going to come and their friend might be interested and they can both do it together. So don't be discouraged if you put some things out and it doesn't get touched. Put them away, try again in a couple more weeks and see if they're interested again. And for the library books, now the kids have already picked out some books, but you've picked out some as well. See if you can kind of keep those hidden away, so to speak, so that they're surprised when they see these different books out. Because that's the great thing about library books is that you can get new ones all the time. So you leave those out. Let's say they're really interested in this book that you got on bugs. So you you read that book. So next time you go, you'll know that, okay, I'm going to get a few more books on bugs. 
let's say they're not interested in bugs at all. You know that, so next time you'll skip that topic and you'll go find something else that they might be interested in. But I have just found that letting them go to the resources instead of you bringing the resources to them and saying, here, we're going to do this today. It usually works better when the kids have a choice, when they can interact with these things on their own terms. And again, I do not expect anyone to go out and buy a bunch of stuff. You do not need to do that for summertime. You might be surprised at how much you already have yourself in your cabinets. And that's the other thing that I would encourage you to do. Go and look through some of your cabinets. Look through some of your books that the kids haven't looked at in ages and kind of put those out. Maybe take them off the bookshelf. That's why they haven't gotten them because they're not really easily seen. And leave them on the couch, leave them on the bed. Tuck them in the pocket in the, in the car so that when they're on a road trip, they pull them out. And same thing for the, like your art supplies. You probably have a lot of supplies that the kids haven't used in a long time because they're not really paying attention. Put those out in a little basket or in a box. Put them on the table or the counter and just see what they interact with. So that is what I have for you today on summer activities. I just wanted to throw some things out that I had shared with some other people that had worked, some things that had worked for us, and I thought it was perfect timing since a lot of people are either in the midst of their summer break or just starting their summer break. So hopefully you got a few ideas that you can share with your kids this summer. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to listen. And I really hope that it was beneficial in some way. If you have any questions, please check the show notes or send me a note at outside the lines podcast at gmail.com. Or you can also find me at my website, learningoutsidethelines.com. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast so that you'll know when the next episode is released. And until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.